love that is a choice. See, it's not unconditional love, because sometimes people say agape means godly love. That's not quite right. Uh, in fact, in John three sixteen, it says, for God so phileoed the world. God so liked the world. Um, but agape is love because I choose to love you. Husbands, love your wives. It's agape your wives. It's not find something good about your wives. It's choose to love your wives. As Christ loved the church. Um, agape is love that is not dependent on anything. It's love that's a choice. So, in that same vein, uh, and the reason I say it's not a godly love is that um, Demas is described in the New Testament as falling away from the faith because he agaped the world. He left the faith because he chose to love the world instead. He gave his heart to the world unconditionally. And he abandoned the faith. In the same way, it is kind of strange in the Old Testament to talk about someone showing hesed to another person. Someone showing loving kindness, covenant love. Why is that word here? Why is the Joseph using that word? Why is Moses recording what Joseph said in that word? Because in all likelihood, Joseph was not speaking Hebrew to these Egyptians. He was speaking Egyptian to them. So when Moses translates it, why does he say, remember this big theological word, and then hesed, this big theological word? Why does he put these here when they don't go in normal conversation? And it's because he wants you to think about something. I'm going to plant that in your mind right now, okay? Uh, just to, uh, we'll talk about it more in a few verses. But right now, I want you to know that to a Hebrew reading this, like, they would rem- recognize these as unusual words. It would be like if I used the word uh, sanctuary in regular conversation. You know, it's a regular word. It has a meaning, but it's got these religious tones to it. It's the same kind of thing here. Remember, show loving kindness. Show hesed to me. So, he, he goes on and he says in verse 15, For indeed I was stolen away out of the land of the Hebrews, and here also have I done nothing that they should put me into the dungeon. When the chief baker saw, he says, Come get me because I was kidnapped. Then when the chief baker saw that the interpretation was good, he said unto Joseph, I also was in my dream. And behold, I had three white baskets on my head. Um, White basket's not the, not the color of the basket. I have baskets full of white bread, full of uh, flour, pastries, and these kind of different things. So I had three baskets on my head. So he's like, three's a good number. Right? A, the butler had a got, got a good interpretation. I'm going to get a good interpretation. So I've got these three baskets on my head. And he said, and in the uppermost basket, there was of all manner of baked meats for Pharaoh. There was all kinds of baked goods for Pharaoh. And the birds did eat them out of the basket upon my head. He said, I had all this stuff, and there was so much stuff, the birds were coming and eating the top of it. And, you know, the baker is like, so does that mean that I'm going to be such a good baker, there's going to be leftover for the birds? Maybe you remember that when God made his covenant with Abraham, uh, Abraham scared the birds away to keep them from eating it, because it would be kind of negligent to leave that open. And maybe that gives us a hint here to what the butler or the baker's problem is. Verse 19, yet within three days, uh, I'm sorry, verse 18. And Joseph answered and said, this is the interpretation thereof. The three baskets are three days. Yet within three days shall Pharaoh lift up thy head from off thee. 
and shall hang thee on a tree, and the bird shall eat the flesh from off thee. Said, the butler got told, chin up. Pharaoh's going to lift your head up and bring you back. The baker got told, chin up. He's going to lift your chin off your head and hang you. He's going to impale you on a stake as an example. Well, it was almost certainly treason. It was almost certainly an attempt on Pharaoh's life. And just like the birds came and ate the bread from off your basket, the birds are going to come and peck the flesh from off your head. Sometimes we don't always have good news to tell people. (laughs) And it came to pass the third day, which was Pharaoh's birthday, that he made a feast unto all his servants. And he lifted up the head of the chief butler and of the chief baker among his servants. And he restored the chief butler unto his butlership again. And he gave the cup into Pharaoh's hand. But he hanged the chief baker as Joseph had interpreted to them. Yet did not the chief butler remember Joseph, but forgot him. Let's talk about this. Uh, Quickly, three days in prison. Remember we said Joseph is kind of the picture of Jesus. Joseph is Jesus' shadow. Three days in prison and they rise up again. But here, what I want you to see is in this last verse, the chief butler did not remember Joseph, but forgot him. Now I told you this remember word, this loving kindness word is a big covenant theological word. And so what I want you to understand here is that Joseph, to the first Israelites who read this, was a picture of them in reverse. See, They had been in prison. They'd been slaves in Egypt. But God said, the Bible says God remembered the covenant that he made with Abraham. God did not forget them, and he showed his loving kindness. He showed his hesed to them, and he pulled them out. See, people may forget. People may not be faithful in their love. Joseph earned for the butler to remember him, but he forgot him. We did not earn, the Israelites would say, that we did not earn for God to remember us when we were slaves in Egypt, but he pulled us out. That's the first uh, analysis. That's the first comparison, the analogy there. But we can go a little farther, can't we? Jesus himself was left in the grave, and God did not leave him there. What's Psalm 22 say? Thou wilt not allow thy Holy One to see corruption. God did not forget Jesus in the grave. God raised him up on the third day. But I think that the strongest comparison I can think of here, Joseph is in jail with two officials. He's in jail with two noble people. One who is guilty, one who is free. And he says to the freed one, remember me. But then I go forward in my mind 3,000 years, 4,000 years almost, to Jesus hanging on the cross. Not between two noblemen, but between two thieves. One who rejects him. Guilty. One who accepts him, free. And what did the thief on the cross say? He said, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. And although Joseph was forgotten, the thief on the cross was not, because Jesus said to him, verily I say unto you, today you shall be with me in paradise. The Lord was with him. 
and he did not forget. In fact, as we go through the Bible, over and over again we see God remembers his people. You know, sometimes you may suffer in all kinds of different things, all kinds of different circumstances, and you say, where is God? How long, O oh Lord, will you leave me here? You say, God, it's too late for me. They just, you should have been here by now. Can you imagine Mary and Martha thinking Jesus had forgotten Lazarus? It's four days late. Remember what we say, isn't it great when he's four days late? He's still on time. You know, as we think about this more, you know, the, um, the, the idea, of course, in the Psalms over and over again, they call on God to remember his mercies. They call on God to uh, do these different things, to, to remember his people that he has. But as we contemplate, of course, Luke twenty three forty two, remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom. We see that we have a remembering God. And so, and of course, uh, Exodus two twenty four would be the passage they would think of immediately. God remembered his covenant with Abraham. So my question for you this morning is if God did not forget Joseph, although people did. God remembered the promises he had made to Joseph, even though the butler forgot. God remembered the promises he made to Abraham, even though the Israelites had forgotten and given up. Jesus remembered the promise he made to the thief on the cross, although death came in between. How will God then forget you? The prophet says that though a mother should forget her children, I will not forget you. So when you, if you've trusted Jesus as your Savior, if you know that he died in your place, that he forgives your sins, and you know that although you are not as faithful to, he is as jo- to him as Joseph was, you know that he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Then how can you wonder about where you are? How can you wonder about your circumstances in this or that situation? How can you wonder what you ought to do? And what you ought to do is be faithful to God. You ought to run away from sin and say, Lord, remember me. Because people forget. You know, sometimes people break their promises to you just because they forget. Sometimes they break their promises to you on purpose, whatever. But God, when God promises something, he does it. So you imagine Joseph's anguish as he sits and he waits and waits and waits. How has he forgotten me? I interpreted his dream for him. I did everything he wanted. How could he forget me and leave me here? And of course, the butler's remember, the butler forgetting was not a, it slipped his mind. It was he chose not to remember it. He chose not to bring it up. That's the same thing. Somebody says, I can forgive you. I just can't forget. Well, if, you, if what you mean by that is you can't physically remove the memory from your mind, well, that's true. You can't forget. 
But when God says, I will remember your sins no more, God is no, it's not that God is no longer aware of what happened. You know, um, is, I know some of you like this, and I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings, but that, sin, that song, What Sins Are You Talking About? That is so dumb. God knows exactly what sins you're talking about. You know, you come and you pray, and you say, Dear Lord, I did it again. And you know, some people imagine God says, What are you talking about? You say, Never mind. God knows what you're talking about. God remembers. But he says, I do not call them to remembrance anymore. God says, I will never bring it up again. I will never bring it to remembrance again. God says, no matter what you do, I'll never say, well, don't you remember the time that you? (laughs) How different God is than we are. But if you say that you've really forgiven somebody of something, that you have to choose not to remember. You say, well, I don't really want to forgive anybody. Well, that's fine. Except Jesus said, if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your heavenly Father forgive you your trespasses. Huh. I don't know what all that means, but it doesn't sound good, does it? (laughs) So here in this story, we've got this double meaning of remember, don't we? In the whole Bible, there's this double meaning of remember. God remembers you, and he does not remember your sins. God says, I do not forget you. But you don't notice God saying to Joseph, but remember what a brat you were back in Egypt, back in Canaan? God remembers Joseph and the promises he made to Joseph, but his sins play no account anymore. And when you come to God and you say, Lord Jesus, I believe in your son, forgive me and save me. Jesus says, I remember the promise that I made to you that I will never leave you nor forsake you. And I will not bring your sins into remembrance anymore. What if we lived like that? What if we were people who could remember the good and forget the bad? Choose to remember the good and choose to forget the bad. What a different world we would have, wouldn't we? But that's not what happened. Don't you know that if somebody does two things for you, one of them is nice and one of them is not, which one do you remember and talk about for the next five years? Well, yeah, she paid for my lunch that time, but can you believe what she said in 1987 when we were in the... We have got short memories, you know. Uh, God, you know, you, something happens to you, somebody you love gets sick, you pray, God heals them. It's fantastic. A year later, you know, where is that in your mind? Oh, things sure are bad. Where'd you go, Lord? You remember all the bad things and you forget all the good things. But God remembers. God is a God of remembrance. He remembers Joseph. He remembers you. And he forgets your sins. Cast them into the depths of the sea as far as the east is from the west. One of my uh, favorite contemporary Christian songs is uh, East to West. It's a casting crown song. Uh, But the, the chorus says, You know how far the east is from the west? I don't have to see the man I've been come rising up in me again. In the arms of your mercy, I found rest. Because you know just how far the east is from the west. One scarred hand to the other. You never touch. <laughs> never comes back again. The things you've done, if you turn and you confess your sins, then God will forgive you. He says, I forget that. And I forget it because I always remember you.
If we were like Jesus in that way, our lives would be so different. But moreover, 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 I know that we struggle with different things and we say, oh, look how bad things have gotten. But if we believe that God remembers us, although people may forget, let God be true, though every man a liar. If we believed God remembered us, then how much more joy would we have in our lives? He said, you know what? I may be in this pit right now, but God is not going to leave me here. I may be here in this jail cell for no reason. I may have been forgotten by all the people who I thought were my friends, but God will not leave me here. Though everyone should forsake you, you know, what a friend we have in Jesus. I um, heard a story. I love stories. I like stories. Um, I listen to other preachers not so much to see what they think about the passages. I listen to some preachers that I think are absolutely wrong about the passages, but I like their stories. I like stories. I heard this story and I loved it. There was a little boy in his house, and the house was on fire. He was standing in the window. And the firefighter called, Jump! One of the policemen came up, a big, strong man, said, Jump! He must be scared. They found the biggest, strongest person they could find. He said, Jump! No! Someone else came up. He was an average-looking man. Not the strongest, not the smartest, not the richest, not a firefighter or a policeman. And he said, jump. And the little boy jumped down. And somebody said, you wouldn't jump for the fireman or the policeman or the strong man? Why did you jump for him? And he said, that man's my dad. You know, you look in your situation, and maybe the strongest person you know could not convince you to take this leap of faith. The smartest person you know could not convince you to take this leap of faith. You know, everything in your mind says, oh, I can't, it's so hard, I'm too far. Oh, I, God has forgotten me. But I want you to be able to say, I can jump because the one that's going to catch me is my father. We have not a spirit of bondage again into fear, but a spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. I hope that you can look down and you can say, oh, it sure looks scary. Yeah, I know there's flames all around here, but it's a long way down. Saying, I am so scared, but I know that I can jump because that's my daddy. God has not forgotten you. God says, all your sins are cast as far away from you as the east is from the west. I do not remember them, but I remember you. I remember Joseph. The butler forgot Joseph. The baker didn't bring it up on his way to the the stick either. God never forgot. God may seem late. He may seem Like, it's too late. But there is no such thing as too late with God. Isn't it great when he's four days late, he's still on time. So you jump down. Okay, Daddy. 
I trust you to catch it. And God will not forget you. So, you know, maybe you're here this morning and you've been, you don't know Jesus as your Savior. You've lived a lifestyle of sin. You've uh, rejected God and rejected God and rejected God. He's willing to forget all of that right now and write your name on his hand once and for all. You are a Christian. You are not living the way you're supposed to be. You're not living the life you're supposed to live. You say, well, you know, I come to church. I do this. I do that. But God knows your heart and knows you're far from him in your heart. He remembers you. Maybe in some situation, you're in a bad situation with work or I don't know what, your family. I, I don't know. It's financially. God says, I haven't forgotten you even if everyone else does. You are never alone. Jesus is the last lonely man. So as we stand and our musicians come forward, we're going to have a hymn of invitation. And if you need to get right with God this morning, you need to say, Lord Jesus, forgive me a sinner. He says, I will remember you. They remember me when you come into your kingdom, and he will not forgive you. You say, forget my sins. He says, I will not bring them up ever, ever again. And if you cry out to him like that,